This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. My name's Anthony Padilla, and today I'll be spending a day with dominatrixes to learn the truth about this underground world of women, predominantly, who play a dominant role in sadomasochistic encounters. By the end of this video, we'll find out what the most bizarre request is that they've ever received, and we will also see a demonstration where I get dominated by a dominatrix. Do dominatrixes feel a sense of joy in fulfilling their clients' most kinky fantasies? Or has turning this into a career sucked all the pleasure out of what brought them a sense of self-empowerment in the first place? Hello, Miss Lila Sage. Hi, Anthony. Daddy on Lee. Hi. Mistress Justine. Hello, Anthony. What's the most ridiculous belief that you hear about dominatrixes? That we just like hate people and want to crush them. That we're just inflicting pain. So you can do anything you want to them, right? Like consent is Yeah, there's, that is absolutely not the case. Even if someone says like, Oh, mistress, I'll do anything. Like, I'll let you do anything to me. You know, I'm not allowed to kill the dude, you know? I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to name him. Yeah, that's a... I'm, <laughs> Sometimes I'm not allowed to shit on him, like, you know. Sometimes. Yeah. Can you clear up what dominatrixes actually do? A dominatrix plays out a fetish scenario as the top. Someone who controls the situation or orchestrates it or is the puppet master within these confines of someone else's desires. We're creating scenes for people to play out their fantasies and to explore new things that maybe they haven't tried before. If I say to my sub, oh, I really want to do a scene where I am spanking you, but the sub can also come to me and say, oh, I really want you to spank me. How does that sound to you? Collaboration yes. with everyone involved. But I am always the director. So it's Got like it. you're giving me the script and I am directing it. Can you explain what a dungeon is? It's a workspace that's catered towards fetish. A classic dungeon might have things like a spanking horse, a St. Andrew's cross, a bunch of corporal punishment implement, costumes, cross-dressing gear, maybe a medical lab. It almost seems like it's like a, it's like a stage for role play. Yeah, it is. Do you play more of a character or more of like an extension of yourself? More of an extension of myself. I mean, it's the same with many kinds of like performers or even you where I'm sure like you aren't like this 24 seven. Right, no, like, it would be fucking exhausting. Yeah, you play up certain like theatrical sides of yourself to work within the scene. What was the process like for becoming a dominatrix? One of my friends recommended that I should become a dominatrix. I was not happy at my previous job, and I didn't really give it a second thought. I was like, sure, I'm down. I applied at a dungeon. A month later, I had my first session, and it was awesome. And I was like, huh, this is happiness, I guess. Can you explain what your first dominatrix session was like. My very first email that I ever received as a professional dominatrix yeah. was someone asking me to castrate them. Right. Ooh. Right. Yeah, just from zero to a, a, a thousand. Yeah, which I did not do. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous for the person. Yeah. I'm like, please, you should not be just asking random women on the internet to castrate you. Like, it's not. Oh my it's God. It's not good. I'm sure that part of it was just they were excited about emailing about their fantasy. Yeah. Hopefully this was not a thing they actually did. My first scene was a gangbang with uh -huh. two other women. The dude's tied up. His legs are suspended. To this day, it's still like one of the larger strap-ons. Yeah, like most of my clients can't take that size. Can you show with your hands? <laughs> a heart pounding, yeah. just like freaking out. And I'm just like, it's okay, you got this, you got this. Like just like trying to hype, hype myself up. I'm walking in, they're like, 
well, on Lego, lubed up my dick for me. <laughs> and I had me go in and I was yeah. like, just pounding away. I'm like caught in like the exhilaration of all of it. And then I look down and I pull out and I'm like, oh no. So what I failed to realize, <laughs> <laughs> a very large toy will also produce a plunging type of action on oh. the colon. So it had pulled out things mm. and like two pristine turds just <laughs> pulled out. And I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> After your first session, what was next for you? How many shifts do I have to do? What do I need to do? Um, I'm gonna do it. And they were all like, really, you wanna stay? Like you're, you're covered in poop, you know? <laughs> I was like, more next, let's go. <laughs> I wanted to do more. I felt fulfilled. I was happy that they were feeling really seen and understood mm. and excited. And then it's like, what else can we play with? Have you ever been put in an uncomfortable position? I think people will try to like push boundaries. There's an assumption that like if if you've watched porn, like, oh, this might include something sexual. With mm. professional dominatrixes, that's generally not a thing. It's mm. more about the fantasy, about the role play. So someone will, you know, request, oh, can I see you in a bikini? Like, mm. no, I'm in a dress, I look good in the dress, <laughs> we're staying in the dress. So we kind of have to set those boundaries early on. Like, this is not sexual, this can be erotic, it can be sexy, it can be playful, but we're not gonna go there. What do typical sessions with your clients look like? There's the back and forth and kind of the emailing and the anticipation, mm. like building it up. Why are you coming to me? What are you looking to experience? And then once you're in person, then I'm asking more of the boundaries of like, where don't you want me to touch? Are there words you don't want to be mm. called? Kind of filling in all of the, mm. the unknowns and like, okay, maybe I'll get inspired and look over and be like, ooh, there's a lava lamp there. I want to mm. use that lava lamp. Mm. Let's see how we can use the lava. I also do a lot of ball busting. Mm, which is? Kicking someone in the balls or punching someone in the balls or slapping them around. Yeah. You do, they want you, they pay you. Mm. They do, it's pretty great, actually. Mm. It's pretty swell. <laughs> what do you think is the most intriguing or unique session that you've ever had? My client who has a roasting fetish. The roasting, but, like verbal ro roasting? No, 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 no. He wants a role play where I am pretending to cook him. Oh, literally ro yes, like cook. Like yes. a rotisserie? Yes, rotisserie. He brought things like a turkey baster and like a, you know, meat tenderizer and things like that and like salt and pepper and olive oil. And he mm. whispered to me and he goes, I want you to put this inside of me. It's like, it's a cucumber. Uh -huh. And I whispered back, I'm like, it's a zucchini. This is very important. Don't ever put vegetables inside your body. Do not do that. No zucchinis, no cucumbers, no eggplants. You might think a little flared. No, 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 no. Don't do it. You didn't know if you were going to learn something here today, but you can take that for the rest of your <laughs> life for free. We were talking about like that I was going to eat him and I was like roasting him and he really liked the idea that I was preparing him with like a recipe that was handed down to me through generations, like through my grandmother. Oh, at, the like, family a, heirloom. Yeah, talking about how we were at like a dinner party and like all my dom friends were there and we were all going to eat him and this is the apple. I'm going to stuff you. I'm going to uh, put like an apple in your front of uh, your you mouth. You got to be gagged. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I just put like olive oil all over him yeah. and, you know, and just beat him up. Yeah, and salt. <laughs> and so he's like, this was great. Yeah. How bizarre is that? Is that is that like somewhat in the realm of commonality and what you do um, or is that completely outside? Wanting to be roasted is a very unique fetish, but I don't think it's that unique to uh, want to have a role play or want to do something that's really outside of the box. Yeah. It just depends on who you are um, and how, how much outside of the box that is for you.
What do you think sets your Dom style apart from others? A style of rope bondage called shibari, mm. which is like Japanese. Seems like you're familiar. Yeah, I've heard it from a uh, no, no, uh, not any, not pointing out any specific people in this room. Yeah, we're looking at everyone. We're like, which one? <laughs> I tend more towards psychological play. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, so I'll incorporate that in play. And for me, it's more about creating like the mental fantasy and then heightening it with the physicality. People know that I'm really safe, you yeah. know, and I think that um, sets me apart. I mean, you want to have a fucked up experience, but uh, you want to have a safe fucked a up safe experience. Safe fucked up experience. Safe, you know, a I, fucked up experience yeah. that's not so yeah. fucked up. Well, I like to say that I like fine and fucked up things. I want to go to, you know, the, the Michelin star restaurant, mm -hmm. and, but I also want to attach electrodes to your cock. For me, I have a lot of technically oriented skills uh -huh. that I pride myself on. I work really hard on them. I'm, I'm great at bondage. I have like an extensive collection of toys. I like CBT and ball busting. I love caning. I do some things that other people wouldn't do, like pulling off toenails. Wait, literally? <laughs> yeah, I have this guy who's into POW style tortures. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he is not he is not the common one. That's like a different level. That's like yes. worse than the than the ball kicking yes. for me. I would I would say so. Yeah, it's, it's worse for most people. So I tend to fall on the heavier side of status. Also, like I shit on people. Not everyone does that, mm. which understandably mm. so. And also, it requires like a, a certain regularity in order to. Mm. So you got to be healthy. Exactly. So not everyone has as much of a regular schedule. That's good. Um. <laughs> demonstration, demonstration time. time. You down to walk me through a demonstration of a first session? Yeah. 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 That sounds like that. Before we continue learning about the world of dominatrixes, I want to thank Lilo for sponsoring this episode, especially because even with the censoring that we've done in this video, and babe, you know there is a lot of censoring that we have done, this video is likely already demonetized, and without a sponsor, I would never have been able to take the risk in covering a topic like this one. So huge, 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 huge thank you to Lilo, who are hoping to promote sexual wellness with their luxury products, who frankly have no business being so goddamn high quality. Their mission is to celebrate pleasure in all of its beautiful forms, no matter who you are or what you're into. Lilo has a wide range of toys that you can choose from, including Hugo, their remote control prostate massager with eight different settings so you can achieve the most intense orgasm a man can ever experience. Yes, even greater than your with a and eight massive their tendrils with in your and since we're on the subject of role play and other intimate means of exploration between two people in or out of a dominatrix setting I think it's appropriate to recommend Lilo's pleasure set which comes with a silky smooth blindfold feather teaser and of course a couple's massager but in all seriousness I think it's really incredible that high-end products like this are now being created that normalize self-exploration and confidence and vulnerability and intimacy because I feel like it so clearly translates to feeling strength and vulnerability in daily life. To purchase said fantastic products or to learn more, click the link down in the description below. And while you're here, I'd also like to thank BetterHelp for their continued partnership. Therapy has been extremely helpful in shaping who I am today by allowing me to have empathy for my younger self and therefore understand who I am now and who I've become. But therapy can be customized to whatever is right for you and can be really, 
really useful in providing tools to help with motivation or feelings of depression, anxiety, stress, insecurity, or whatever else you might need. BetterHelp has been continuing to improve throughout the years and screens all therapists to ensure that they have experience and are certified and licensed and provides customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your licensed therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera or even speak over the phone if that's not something that you're comfortable with. As many of us know, therapy can be expensive and the price of finding a therapist you like and actually connect with can get overwhelming, which is why BetterHelp offers a more affordable alternative to in-person therapy where you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So thanks again to BetterHelp who are giving I Spent a Day with viewers and listeners 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Padilla. Again, that's better betterhelp.com slash Padilla. Now back to the world of dominatrix. I will play a very vanilla guy who has never been dominated before in his life, but mm -hmm. his interest is a little peaked, mm -hmm. and you will play dominatrix. Okay. You down? Yes. Let's do it. I consent. Do you want to take your shirt off? If it's a shirt off Did moment. Do you want him to take his shirt off is a question. <laughs> The so, time you know. has spoken. This is just barely hitting you. This just feels great. It sounds bad, but it feels good. I'm gonna tie you up shibari style. Put your hands behind your back. Doesn't feel that weird yet. Telling. <laughs> Bite down on this. Oh, okay. Thanks. I am but a small woman with a Napoleon complex. I am not getting out of there. This device will conduct the electricity. Oh, okay, I don't even feel anything yet. Right. <laughs> Do it on your lip. <laughs> I'm assuming that was sanitized before it went in my mouth? Yes. Okay. You know, we're so, oh, is that too much? I don't know if you can no. see, because there's kind of like, now we have a little, little nice little red marks. Does it look cool? I mean, it looks like you've hung out with someone who's cool. <laughs> so. I'm sure all of your employees are enjoying this. <laughs> Just kind of see if you can get out. get out. Yeah. That's cute. Oh, are these the things that you put on muscles to yes, relax them? Yes, they are. It's controlled by the audio. <laughs> See, the more, you, the more you scream, the more you hurt yourself. So it would behoove you to shut the fuck up. This will turn you into the conductor. Oh, shit! So you have the power. Hey, Kate, can you give me a quick handshake? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Your feeble skills are no power for the dark side! We're like edging down, you know what I mean? Just right. a little peek at death, but like not quite. Ooh, a little bit of a ball clincher. Do you want me to hit you in your ball? Not today. That is, that's for the sequel. Okay, if this video crew, gets over 500,000 likes, it will happen. Can I send would recommend? Aw, thank you. <laughs> we'll leave your review up on my website. Anthony Padilla says 10 out of 10. Yes. I can definitely see the appeal in being able to give up control. Almost feels euphoric in a way to feel like I'm giving that up for this moment. Well, it feels good to give up the control and know that someone else is uh, taking care of you and you trust that other person and that you're going to be okay and you're handing over your your body, your mind, your spirit to um, have an experience with someone. Why do you think dominatrixes and BDSM in general is seen as such a taboo topic? I think a lot of it is just, at least in the US, it's like puritanical ideals about sex, like going to school and going to sex ed. And nobody really explains like how sex works. Nobody tells you like, you know, it's pretty much just like abstinence or nothing. But at the same time, like you're surrounded by sex. It's yeah. everywhere. It's yeah. on TV, it's in music videos. It's like all over. There's a lot of conflicting ideas about it based yeah. on like the saturation versus like how the world tells you to do it. If we're relying on just 
cure pop culture to educate us about sex, then we are all very poorly informed. Sharivari wants to know if there's any commonalities between your clients. Is there any you know type of job or anything like that that seems like it's more common than not? I tend to get a lot of C-level executives, like kind of the traditional image. People that are in high-powered positions that are wanting to relinquish that control because they have it all day. I didn't even think about the fact that those people, every single moment of their lives, is probably centered around having everything figured out. They're the go-to person through the day, you know, like, what color are we going to make this? How yeah. are we going to do that? And mm -hmm. they have to be like, constant decision fatigue. It's nice to come in and say like, okay, I'm not gonna make any choices. You're gonna make the choices and it's gonna be great. It can be like a reset or like mm. a meditation. Like, okay, I'm gonna go meditate with my dominatrix for an hour and then you come out feeling reborn. <laughs> it basically is meditation. You put your phone down, you're present, the past, the future, none of that matters. It's all about now and what you're feeling in the moment. Resetting your nervous system, just getting back to basics. Are you seeing a lot of CEOs of Fortune 500 companies? Yeah, I've seen a couple. <laughs> <laughs> they shall not be named for legal purposes, yep. but they will be felt. <laughs> they probably helped sell slash manufacture some of the things in this yep. room right now. Yep. Why do you think men are typically the ones paying to be dominated by women? in this industry. Money-wise, men tend to have more disposable income. I think that it's also, if a woman was interested in being dominated, mm -hmm. you can probably go on Tinder and like find people who are going to fulfill that for you. Right. It's less socially acceptable for a woman to be dominant and in control in that uh, way. Yeah. So people are going to go and seek professionals who know how to do it safely and consensually. Do you think a large part of that is because of that societal expectation that men feel to always be the dominant, powerful one. So they might come to a dominatrix and say, today I want to be submissive. I think that's definitely the stereotype, right? And I think a lot of um, doms will say the same thing, that a lot of our clients are like that. They're people who just are not dominant in their work life, in their social life. They never wanted to be. Um, social media tells them that they're supposed to be, but they don't want to be that. And they are just submissive men through and through. Through every, every single thing that I've ever been taught that I'm supposed to have things figured out, be in control, support people, you know, outside of sex or anything like that, just everywhere all the time. Mm -hmm. So I could see definitely the, the idea of like, you know, today I'm gonna let someone else handle this, handle yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, and not have any guilt or shame about that. Yeah, and I think it's also nice just to turn your brain off and not be the one trying to control things. Has there been any evolution in your confidence or empowerment as a dominatrix over the years? I came into BDSM with pretty low self-esteem, just like trying to figure myself out. It ended up working like cognitive behavioral therapy for me because mm. I had to pretty much just constantly say all the things, like all these wonderful things about myself. Like oh. I'm a goddess, I'm beautiful, I'm like powerful, I'm strong, mm. I'm independent. And saying these things enough and also role-playing all these situations where I had to be that, I ended up being rewarded for it because people would believe it. You'd see the look in their eyes right. and they're like, yes, you are a goddess. Right. So that ended up doing wonders for my self-esteem to the point where like, I'm very confident now. Are there any valuable ways that you think consensual, sadomasochistic encounters can impact life outside of the dungeon? I think that it can help people to have a stronger sense of their own voice, to be able to communicate the things that they're interested in, the things that they're not interested in, and to stand firm as they're going through interactions with people. Do you find that you have like repeating clients that are getting 
more and more confident with each session. More confident, more bold, more excited to try new things. My goal as a facilitator is to help people feel comfortable doing it in private. Mm -hmm. And then if that's something they wish to move out into their more public personas and life, then they can do that as well. Let's say that the roles were reversed and that you were a client working with a dominatrix. Do you feel like you would be comfortable kind of laying out all of your deepest, darkest sexual fantasies to this stranger like people do with you? I think about people who come in and give me their fantasies and they meet me for the first time and I'm a relative stranger and we're in this new place in a dungeon and they're kind of overwhelmed but they're excited and I say, you know, it's okay to be nervous. I don't think I would be able to do this. Do you hold a little bit of respect for people that are comfortable in being that vulnerable with you? To bring that out into the light, that takes a lot of guts. Have you ever encountered any averse reactions when people find out what you do? I think people are generally surprised because they'll look at me and be like, oh, but you look really sweet. Like, you don't look like you would be stepping on people. And I'm like, right, that's the idea. And like, <laughs> it's fun to have that little bit of switch. Do your friends and family support what you do? Actually, my father helped build like part of my old dungeon. <laughs> yeah, he came yeah. out and he helped me like build a closet. Most of my family knows. They don't really understand. They know. We've had like some discussions about it, but um, like it's more of like an agreed to disagree sort of thing. So if one of your family members saw this video. Oh, they're, they're seeing it. I'm sending it to them. <laughs> <laughs> now they'll understand. Yeah. Some people like getting pooped on, having their balls smashed and foreskin cut off. It's cool. <laughs> I feel like there's this assumption that dominatrixes only feel satisfied themselves in personal sexual encounters if they fully go into dominatrix mode with full garb and toys and dungeon. How true is that for you? That is absolutely not true for me. It's like the stereotype of a Michelin star chef going home and eating Top Ramen. Right, which yeah. happens, I hear, all the time. All the time. Yeah. Like, anyone who works within your industry, you're, you're not trying to be like that 24-7. Right. So you go home and have really lazy, boring yeah. sex. Yeah, super lazy, <laughs> super boring. People are like, oh, wow, it's like, your boyfriend must be so lucky. Like, anybody who gets to date a dominatrix must be living the dream. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know, he does a lot of laundry. <laughs> like. <laughs> what is it about being a dominatrix that brings you the most joy? Growing up in kind of a conservative Asian community, you're not really told to be like a strong, dominant woman. And those things are in fact, pointed out as flaws. So I was always supposed to be quieter. I was supposed to be less bossy. I was supposed to be more woman-like, you know, pretty much be seen and not heard. And I went through most of my life thinking that wasn't okay who I was. And I get celebrated for it in like very tangible sorts of ways. Like I have a great life. All right, you got five seconds to shout out or promote anything you want directly into that camera. Go. LosAngelesDominatrix.com and then find me everywhere on social media as The Justine Cross. If you're interested in the session or learning how to become a professional dominatrix, you can message me at MissLilaSage.com. My Twitter is at daddy underscore only. My website is youaremybitch, Y-O-U-R-E-M-Y-B-I-T dot C-H, and decriminalize sex work, yeah. Subscribe to his channel. Subscribe to his channel. <laughs> Please, for the love of God. Well, there you have it. I spent a day with dominatrixes, and I feel like I understand just how empowering feeling safe and respected in a vulnerable state can really be. While I don't see myself going super deep into this world, many consensual activities and lifestyles can appear uncomfortable or outright disturbing due to our learned rejection of them, while we may actually have more to learn than to reject. He's so quiet, he's so quiet. Nothing?
Nothing? <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of getting used to it now. It feels pretty good. Okay, so we could just turn it up. Yeah, we can turn it up a little bit. Turn it up. So let's just leave that right there. Cool. Maybe um, I'll just like walk away and leave you then. And uh, catch you in like an hour. You know? Does that sound good? Yeah? Cool. Sounds great. Okay, bye. Here, bye. Leave me here for when the house burns down. Uh, I left the stove on. That's cool. Did you leave me in your will yet? That's the next step. Just turn off the stove. <laughs>